Thank you very much. Well, good morning. I'm so excited to be here on this Sunday, the last Sunday of the year. And I'm so glad that you guys showed up on the last Sunday of the year. <laughs> it's always interesting, this in-between time between Christmas and New Year's, right? It always seems like a weird week. Uh, for those of you that are on vacation, some of you guys don't even know what day it is, you know, because you're just on vacation. You're just kind of in this, this in-between time. And, uh, but, but it's an exciting time to go into the year 2020. Isn't that incredible, the year 2020? I remember when my son was in kindergarten, they did a kindergarten graduation. Do you remember those? Some of you guys that have kids? It's kind of crazy that they do the whole ceremony for these kindergartners, but we show up, don't we, parents? Some of you guys bring balloons and flowers. It's crazy. And I remember being there, and they had uh, my son's class come up, and at the end of the ceremony, they all flipped this card that said, class of 2020. And, you know, parents were, you know, we're all teary-eyed and all that, you know, thinking about someday, one day, it will be our kids' graduation. And so, so when I was remembering that time, I was thinking about how far in the future that felt. And now I know that it's just three days away. It's just incredible to think of the year 2020. It always seemed futuristic to me as a kid. I remember watching Back to the Future, right? And, and that was like set. The future was 2015, and we're way beyond that. And, uh, and I'm still waiting for that flying car, right, uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, we're, we're on the verge of this new year, and it's, it's just it's an, an interesting time. I think it's a gift from God that we kind of have a week to just meditate and reflect back on the year past and look forward and prepare and plan for the year ahead. And that's really the tone of this service. That's really where I wanted to begin today is to get our hearts set on what the Lord wants, what the Lord has in store for this new year. But also coming to him today with a heart of gratitude for the past year. Because God did a lot of amazing things this past year. Amen? So let's begin this morning with a, with a heart of gratitude, giving God thanksgiving, but also with this anticipation of knowing that God has good things in store for the new year. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be together this morning. God, I've already sensed the richness of your presence here, God, in a time of worship. I know that you received the worship, Lord to God, that it was a sweet smell and aroma to you, God, to hear your people praise your name, worship you, give you the glory and honor. And God, I just thank you, Lord, in that same spirit, Lord, we thank you for the year past, Lord God. We thank you for 2019, for keeping us together, for holding us in times where we might have had to go through a storm. Lord, for giving us provision and blessing throughout the year, Lord. Let us never take what we have received from you for granted. And God, we look forward and we anticipate what you have in store for this church and for each family here for the year 2020. Let us go with courage and excitement. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen, amen. Well, this morning, I'm going to start off a little different. I'm going to start off with giving you an apology. This morning, I want to apologize to you. If you've had a mentor or a teacher or a preacher in your life ever tell you that if you just do the right things, then your life will be trouble-free. If anybody ever told you that if you serve God and if you follow Jesus, then all of your troubles and all your worries will go away. I know that there's some of us that that's what we heard. That's what somebody told us. And I think that if you believe that and if you're walking in that, then you have been disappointed. I think that if we have had that experience, you know, that we have a tension in us because we learned that that's not how life works. Because if you believe that thought, then the opposite has to be true, that 
when you're going through difficulties, when things don't work out, when it's hard, then you must think in your mind, I'm not doing something that I should. I'm not doing something good enough. Because if all these things were working out, then shouldn't this be different? I think many of us are living in that tension, maybe even currently feeling the tension of that, is I did these things, and, I, and I've done all that, and I've checked those boxes, and, I, and I've walked all this way, but why is the results not turning out the way that I hoped for or thought? Shouldn't life play out that way? And if you ever followed Jesus for more than a week, then you realize that following Jesus is not the easy way. It's not the easy road. Jesus himself said that it was a narrow road. That's how he described it. Yet we still live in this tension. And I call it the, the in-between, the, the already and the not yet. You know what I'm talking about? Some of us are, are, are trying to wrap our minds around this life of following Jesus where we've experienced some things already, but we're looking forward to something yet to come something that's, that's gonna come, that if you follow Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus and you know that you live with this anticipation, to know that someday in our future we are secure knowing that there will be a day where there won't be any trouble, there won't be any disappointment, there won't be loss, and there won't be death, that there is a day coming where all those things will go away and we carry that with us. But we know that we live in a broken and fallen world where those things do exist and we're susceptible to those things. And so what do we do? What do we do? You know, the Bible tells us that, that we hold this. But until then, we do live in a world where there will be trouble, that there will be some hardships, that there will be some tough days. You know, Jesus himself prepared his disciples before he went to the cross, and he told them this in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I have told you all these things. He told them about the Holy Spirit to come, to give them comfort in times of trouble. But he says, I tell you all these things. I tell you what the plan is. I give you insight on that plan. He says, I tell you all this so that you may have peace in me, to know that you could trust me even through those hard times. He says, I, you will have this kind of peace. He says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But I love what he says next. You see, he, he, see, Jesus, he understands this world. He understands this life. He lived this life in this flesh, and he knows the pain and the struggles. He knows the hard times. He knows. Aren't you glad that you serve a Savior who knows? I, I'm so thankful for that. It helps my prayer life when I know that he knows. But he says this. He says, but take heart. Take heart, because I have overcome the world. In other words, you can trust me because I've made it through. I can guide you through because I've made it through. See, we understand that life will have its ups and downs. Life will have its defeats and its victories. But as a follower of Christ, we can take heart. I love another translation. It says, it says take courage. Everybody say courage. courage. Take courage. Have courage. Why? Because we have the spirit of Christ living in us, guiding us, strengthening us, comforting us through all things. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful that he gives us his spirit, that he guides us through. He says, I, I could be trusted. I have overcome. And because of that, you can overcome. You can be an overcomer. Now, I say all this on the verge of a new year. New, a new year coming. And 
Some of us are gonna take time this week in the next couple of days and we're gonna reflect on this past year. I think it's good to reflect. I think sometimes we just move on too quickly. I think it's, it's important. I'm learning this discipline in my own life that it takes time. You have to pause for a moment. You gotta slow down and, and you reflect back on the past year. I think it's good for your spiritual life to have that moment. And if you're like me, you're gonna, you're gonna identify some, some victories you're going to probably identify some hardships and say, man, I couldn't believe that I made it through this or made it through that. There was times where I didn't know if I could, but by the grace of God, I did. Anybody have that testimony this morning through this past year? Man, whether it was sickness, whether it was a loss of job, whether, you know, whatever it is, but there was moments where you just you got to reflect and you got to think back. God has been good. God has been there for me. But life has its ups and downs. For some of us, we were expecting some of these things going into 2020. If you think of yourself last year at this time, and you were thinking about this new year, for some of you, you were expecting some things. Now, they might not have turned out the way you expected, but you were expecting some things. I have some things in 2020 that I'm expecting to happen. But some of you, you know that there were some things that were surprises, things you were not expecting. You know, you feel the grace of God over those things. But I think it's time to... To, to take time to, re, to, to reflect. It's important to celebrate the wins, amen? It really is. It really, it's really important for us to take time to write down these things, right? Write down. Some of you guys uh, received a new child in your family, and that's a good thing. That's an amazing thing. I, I'm one of them. One family, we, we, we received a, a, a nephew this year, and I'm excited for that. Some of you guys received a new job this year, a new career some of you guys got new homes. I mean, these are things to write down. And this is not bragging when you have a heart of gratitude. You know, the Bible tells us this. He says, it says, rejoice with those rejoicing and mourn with those who mourn. I mean, the Bible tells us that this is the way we express our love is when we can celebrate and we can, we can, we can bring somebody in who's going through hard stuff. I mean, this is what the church should do. Some people, you hold back because you feel like you're bragging, but I'm telling you, you're not bragging. If you're going to brag, brag on God. And God helps you with these things. But it's time to write those things down and talk about them. But I also know that there's some of us here that 2019, it just wasn't the year. <laughs> you know, things, things didn't come out the way that you planned and, and that you hoped. And, and you're coming into the end of this year and you got some leftover difficulty still in your plate. You know, nobody likes leftovers all the time, right? And you're, and you're carrying those in. And though you feel like the calendar year is about to change, you feel like, man, nothing seems to change in this situation. In this circumstance, you know, I, I'm still here. And, and you see the year coming to the end. And let me tell you, even though the year's coming to the end, that does not mean that God is finished. So I just feel like I gotta tell somebody this morning that just because the year's coming to an end, God is not finished. Why? Because God is mindful of the details in your life. And the Bible tells us that he has the wisdom and the power to work all things out for the good for those who love him who are called according to his purposes. Somebody needs to cling on to that one today to say, even though the year's over, God's not finished. But the thing about this whole thing of with the changing calendar and going into the new year and why we make it a big deal is because I think that deep inside, there, there's something in our hearts. It's more than just another year to get older. It's more than just another trip around the sun, right? It, it's something in our heart. I think that there's a natural reset button that happens. Do you sense it? There's just this natural thing there's this idea and this feeling of a clean slate ahead of you. You know, when we look at the new year, some of us, we, we look at it and we're going, okay, what was done was done, and now I'm moving forward. Like, there's this natural change coming. 
And I think deep inside, I think all of us would want that to be true. I think deep inside, all of us want 2020 to be a year where there's something new and something better. I think the world is hungry for that. I think that that's what they're striving for. That's what they're celebrating is that they hope in their hearts that maybe this year will be different than last year and there'll be something new and better for them in the future. That's this natural thing that we're all sensing. People, you take that opportunity to do changes. We call them New Year's resolution. Anybody doing that this year? Don't raise your hand, but I want to applaud you. I want to be the first one to root for you and say, do it, go for it. I'm going to be the person in your corner to say, you can do this. I think it's amazing to have goals and to strive for them. For me, I, I've decided not to make any changes. <laughs> so everybody's feeling a little bit relieved, maybe. Here's the thing. My, my, my thing this year is I feel like God's telling me more consistency and more follow-through. Like, I, I got to keep doing the right things and the good things and just be more consistent in them and, and follow through on all of it and just keep, keep striving for these things. And, and the biggest thing is not to move too quickly to the next. I think that's the challenge for me this year. That's what God's put on my heart. But wherever you land today on this New Year's thing, whether it's mentally or emotionally, and so that should I, or I can suggest you think about it spiritually, where are you at spiritually, where you want to be spiritually. I think that we're all built with this crossroads coming into this new year, that all of us are, 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 are going to stand at the threshold of this new year and say, okay, which direction will my life be heading towards in 2020? You have that decision to make. You have that power. You have that in you today to say, okay, which direction am I going to lean towards for this new year? So the big question to ask yourself three days before the new year is this, and you can write this down. Which direction will my life be guided towards in the year 2020? Which direction do I want to go? Now, if 2020 turns out like 2019, then we know that 2020 will have its set of difficulties. It will have its challenges, but it also will have its victories and it will also have its opportunities. It really will. So the next question is this. How will I prepare myself for the new year? How am I going to prepare myself? How am I, am I going to be ready? And, f- and for all of us this morning who come here to hear from the Word of God, I'm so thankful that we're not lost in this decision. I'm so thankful that we don't have to just stumble around through this life trying to hope and, that, and grasp at straws, but God has made it clear for us that His Word will guide us. I love what the psalmist says in Psalms 119, 105. It's one of my favorite psalms. He says that your word is like a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. Aren't you thankful for the word of God that we can always go to it and it always will direct our life and guide our lives and illuminate our path? Well, we don't know what to do. Go to the word of God and he will, he will show you. He will, because I'm so glad that when we turn to the Bible, it's alive and it's active and it's a text that's not dead and irrelevant. It's, it's something that's alive and thriving for you today. I'm so thankful for God's word. It's something, there's something there for every single one of us every single day. If you're not in the practice of reading the scripture every day, I want to challenge you this year. Let this be the year where every day you at least receive a verse from the Bible. Because there's something there. There's treasure. There's treasure. Well, this morning we're going to center around a passage of scripture about a man who was at a crossroad himself, a man who was on the threshold of, of a new season. The dawn of the new day was ahead of him. A new season was approaching, and it came with a whole set of challenges and opportunities. This man felt a big, heavy weight on his shoulders, and the weight was this, 
is that he was going to be in a new place in a new season in his life. Things will never be the same for this man going forward. I think some of you guys know that feeling. Some of you guys are, are in a position today, some of you guys are looking forward to a position here where, where you say things can never, ever be the way they used to. You know, God has a way of doing that sometimes, putting us in positions like that where, where we realize like it, it can never be the way it was and I'm forced to now do something new. I'm forced now to live a, a new way. You guys know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys exact, know exactly what I'm saying. And I think it's a good thing sometimes is we can embrace this under God's care to say, okay, God, you know what you're doing. I'm a little nervous about this new experience, but you're gonna be there for me. And you're gonna help walk this through because how many of you guys know that, that, that things that change will grow? No change equals no growth. Well, sometimes God puts us in these positions so that we can grow in many ways. And I believe that's what's happening in this man's life. Now, it's in this critical moment, in this, in this crossroad of this man with carrying the weight of this whole new life, new season experience that God gives him a message and God prepares him for what's ahead through that message. And my prayer this morning, what I've been praying all week is that, that some of you that, you, that if this is you, if you feel like you're on the cusp of something changing in your life, a new season, a new year, my hope is that you cling to this verse and that it would inspire you, that it would comfort you, and that you would still it in your heart and that it would be a message for you. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Joshua. It's the sixth book of the Old Testament. You can turn on your Bible or scroll to or turn a page. We're going to go in chapter one. Now, we're just going to go through a couple of verses this morning, but I want to challenge you to start reading through the book of Joshua. It's very, very interesting. It's got a lot of excitement in there. I'd go all the way to six chapters this week if you can, because there's a lot of cool stuff that happens. But this morning, I only have time to read a few verses here. It says, Joshua's chapter one, starting in verse one. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said, Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all the people get ready to cross the river Jordan in the land that I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend to the desert of Lebanon, to the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn to it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Here's where I want to begin. I want to ask you or maybe tell you that maybe, just maybe, that the way that we prepare our hearts for this new year if we're going to prepare our hearts for what God has in store for us in our lives, what if it begins with us being something rather than planning to do something? What if, what if we decided that at the beginning of 2020, we will choose to focus on what God wants us to become rather than what we ought to do? What if it starts there? What, what if we go into this season with just really asking that question, God, what do you want me to be? 
God, what do you want me to become? Before we get into all the goals of things that we want to accomplish in 2020, but we start and say, God, who do you want me to be? How do you want me to be? I want to ask you, how many of you are box checker people? How many of you guys are list people that you make lists every week? Yeah, some of you guys, oh, man, I love you guys. You guys keep our country running. You guys make the world go round. I mean, you box checker people, I love you. I've learned so much from you. And here's what I learned. People who make lists and live by those lists, they have a good understanding of what they can accomplish. They know what's doable and not doable, and that's what gets on their list. Some of us who don't live by lists and don't make lists, we get to this time of year and we try to make these lists and all these goals and we're not very good at assessing what's doable and not doable, right? Our lists are always super long and we never get through them and we get discouraged halfway through because we're like, what's the point? I can't get all this done. So I wanna simplify that for you. I want you to focus down on one thing. I want all of us to go down to one thing. One thing this year is one thing that we're gonna focus on so that we don't get discouraged, that we can keep moving forward. And here's the thing, as a church, and this is what I mean as a church, if you call Grace Church your home church, then I want to invite you to take a season as we go into this new year, this first month of the new year. I want to take three weeks out of, the, out of this month and out of the new year, and I want us to dedicate it to the Lord as a time of prayer and fasting. Some of you guys are like, oh, boy. I know it's challenging. Next week, I'm going to talk more about what a fast is. I'm gonna talk more about why we're fasting, why I'm calling a fast for our church, but I believe in this. I believe that as we go into the new year, we're gonna give God our first fruit, our first time of, of getting together, our first three services. So starting next Sunday, we're gonna start a fast. And, and I just really believe that it's in that time that we're gonna really seek the heart of God for this new year. But our focus is gonna be one thing. Our focus will be this, who we want to be in 2020. I want you to talk to God about that. I want you to take time, set time aside to ask, really dig in and go, God, who do you want me to be in 2020? Better yet, this is a better way to say, who do I need to be in 2020? Who do I need to be? See, when I read this story and go through this passage, Joshua 1, I see that God is calling Joshua to be something. What did he say? He says, be strong and courageous. See, I believe that courage is the number one thing that we need to be in 2020. We need to be people of courage. We need to be courageous this year. I think for some of you, your marriage needs courage. I think for others, your parenting needs courage. Maybe your careers need a bit of courage. Maybe you need to step in and maybe some of your weaknesses, maybe your convictions, maybe your relationship with Jesus needs a little more courage. So what is courage? Courage is this. Courage is this inner strength that we have, this inner strength we have. See, Western philosophers, when they describe courage, where courage comes from, they say courage comes from your heart. It's, it's, it's how you feel. It's, it comes from your heart. But the, to the Middle Eastern mind, to the Middle Eastern philosopher, they didn't, they didn't believe that it came from your heart. They believed it came from your belly. It came from your stomach. It came from your gut. You can call it belly strength is where courage is. Some of us got a little bit more courage this season, right, from Christmas cookies, right? <laughs> courage is that belly strength. It's, 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 that, it's, it's, it's getting that, that uh, hell or high water kind of attitude, that determination. Courage is I'm not gonna quit. Courage is I'm gonna do this even though it scares me. Courage is not the absence of fear, 
but it's doing what you need to do by facing your fears. That kind of courage, real courage. So the big question that I want to ask you this morning is this, what area in my life do I need to be more courageous in? Come on, we all have an area. We all have an area where we need to be more courageous in. So think about this for a moment. Think about as, as, as people, as a community, as, 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 as people who admire people, we, we revere people when we hear stories about their courage, right? Like, like, like we, when, when we look at stories, when we, when we are attracted to stories, it's not the people with the greatest talent. It's the people that showed the greatest courage. That, that's what draws the human spirit. And I want to give you all notice this morning is that I believe that if we are to live out everything that God has called us in 2020, then friends, we need courage. We're going to need courage. God's already stirring my heart for things that he wants us to move into. And my prayer, as I said, Lord, give me courage to stand before them. Give me courage to lead the front. Give me courage to say what I need to say and do what I need to do. But let's take a moment to think about this man's life, this man Joshua, in this moment. I mean, this is just days after the death of his, his leader, his mentor, his friend. This man of God, Moses. This is just days after his passing. I mean, this shook Joshua. This shook the people of Israel to know that their leader is gone. Moses, the great man Moses, the one that they followed for 40 years. The man who performed a miracle. When he put his staff in the water, the water split. I mean, you know the stories of Moses. You know how he was the only one that was able to enter the mountain of God and live. He was the one that would come down and give the messages of God to the people. Moses. The Bible says this is unto Moses God showed uh, unto the unto Moses God showed him sh- yeah unto Moses God showed him his ways unto the people he showed him his acts wow. meaning that the people got to see what God did but Moses got to experience who God was I mean there was a time in Moses's life where he told God show me your glory he knew God and God knew him in such an amazing way and now this man This amazing man, he was gone. And now Joshua is chosen as the next man up. He's chosen as the one that was gonna fill this leader's shoes. Can you imagine the weight of that moment? Can you imagine how he must have felt in this moment? And yet it's in that moment that God gives him instructions, very important instructions, and we just read them. And in those instructions, God wasn't telling them what he wanted to do, him to do, he was giving him instructions on what he wanted him to be. And he said, I need you to be strong and courageous, Joshua. You need to be strong. I mean, God says it three times to him. You need to be strong and courageous. Why would God tell him three times to be strong and courageous? You wonder? Now, understanding in this context of what he had to go through and what he was sensing and where the moment in his life, you probably understand, right? Right? Probably because he was feeling weak, insecure, and timid. That God had to continue to remind him. Some of us are going into 2020 with a little bit of fear, with a little bit of insecurity, with a little bit of feeling weak and going, God, I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know uh, what's in store. Come on, how many ever felt that this last couple of days of looking forward and going, man, I get a little anxious when I think about the future. God wants to say, be strong and courageous. Let's look back at this verse. I think this gives us a clue. Verse one. 
This gives us a clue on why Joshua would be so anxious. It says, after the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. What's interesting to me is that Scripture describes Moses as this servant of God, this man of God, and then it describes Joshua as his aid. I think that's interesting. Can you imagine the insecurity that Joshua would have felt being Moses' his aid? I mean, his whole life up to this point was to serve Moses. Moses was his hero. He got up close and personal with Moses. He saw all Moses' strength. Moses always had the right answer. Moses always knew what to do. And he knew that, and he followed him so close. So you could imagine that he was comparing himself to that man, to who he was, and realized real quick, I'm no Moses. I, I, I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but that's what Joshua must have felt like. I mean, up to this point, God never did a miracle through Joshua. Up until this point, God never sent a message through Joshua. He never seen that. He never experienced that. And now he was the guy. I wonder, I just wonder if that was the reason why God had to tell him, be strong and courageous. I, I wonder if that's why God continued to tell him. Maybe the first battle that Joshua had to fight was the battle with his own insecurity. Maybe some of you are here today, and God wants you here today to listen to this story, to remind yourself that he is with you, and he's telling you, go into this year being strong and courageous because I'm with you. Maybe some of you need to silence that voice of insecurity that tells you you can't, you will never, nobody will listen to you, that, there's, that you're, you're not like so-and-so. Maybe we can go into this year courageous and ready for what God has in store. It's funny to me because when I read this story, I think back of Exodus when God called Moses to a task, to something big. When Moses stood in the same position as Joshua, do you remember his insecurities? Do you remember his fear? He was trying to talk God out of it, right? In that burning bush moment, he was feeling the same way as Joshua, but Joshua didn't see that. Joshua, Joshua was just looking at what all of Moses' legacy, and he was comparing his beginnings to his legacy. And I want to tell you something. That when you allow insecurities in your heart, we will begin to judge our beginnings with somebody else's end. In fact, everybody has humble beginnings when they start something new in a new season, right? Some of you guys, you have some new things, new things that God has in store for you, and you want to step into it, but you're looking at somebody who was, who's had years in it, months in it, and you're looking at your beginnings, and you're comparing yourself, and you're like, why try? I'm saying challenge that. Step in. Don't let your insecurities blind you to the fact that everybody starts off humble when they start something new. I got, I got to be honest with you this morning. One of my biggest moments like this was obviously taking on this church three years ago, being installed as a new pastor of not just a church, but a church with a 30-year legacy, led by two incredibly talented and gifted pastors. Mm -hmm. <laughs> man, that magnified all my insecurities as I walked in here. I mean, when I stepped in here, I, I felt a big shadow cast by the previous leaders. It was hard for me. I, I struggled there. It just felt like every insecurity came out, and I was wrestling with that, and I felt like every week that shadow just got bigger, bigger, and bigger. Until one day, the, one, of the, uh, the, uh, one day the previous pastor gave me a call on the phone. I was probably about six, seven months in. And he calls me just to encourage me. 
just to say, hey, I've heard a lot of great things about what's happening at Grace since you took over. Way to go. Man, you're the guy. You're the, you're the man for the job. I have no doubt of that. And then he started sharing with me stories about his first years. And all of a sudden, it just broke a lot of insecurity in me. And I just, we started laughing, joking, and he prayed for me. I got off the phone, and I'm telling you that I realized that the shadow that I felt wasn't a shadow of somebody else. It was a shadow of my own insecurity. And when, that, when I started to allow that freedom to come in and go, you know what? God called me to this. Man, man, uh, God knew what he was doing when he called me here, and he saw all my flaws and my weakness, and he calculated my stupidity, and he still said, hey, you're the guy. You're the man. And I was able to be set free. Why do I share this? Because I believe that the first fight that we're going to fight in 2020 will be with ourselves. It's the fight within. It's the fight against our own insecurity. And maybe for you, that's stepping out in something new. Or maybe it's going into a new season. That's why we need courage. Everybody say courage. courage. This is another reason why fasting is so key for us right now as we step into this new year. Because fasting, man, that picks a fight with the flesh. And do you know that insecurity and fear come from the flesh side of us? And when we fast, what do we do? We're actually strengthening our inner man. We're strengthening the spirit man. And that will give us the strength to have courage when we need it. That's why we need this discipline. That's why it's so important for us. Because I think that God's going to call us to greater and bigger things. But we need to be ready. We need to be strong. And we need to be courageous. Some of you guys, some of you guys are called to be leaders this year. And you know it. God's been stirring this up all year for you, and you've just been holding back because of insecurity. And God's saying, this is the year. This is the time. You need to lead your family better. You need to lead your home better. You need to lead at work. You need to lead at school. Wherever God's placed you, maybe you're feeling that sense of leadership, but you are worried about how it's going to work. And I want to say you need courage because great leaders have great courage. Some of us need to be stopped being so fluid with our convictions. And we need to stand for what is right and what is true and what is honorable. Even when it's inconvenient, even when it's unpopular, we need to stand. And so for that, we need to be strong and courageous. See, if we focus more on who we want to become, that will determine what we do this year. You hear that? So ask yourself again this morning, what area in my life do I need to be more courageous in? What area? What area? Now, What's interesting is that I've already read through this book of Joshua. I kind of know how it ends. I preached a lot of messages out of this book. I mean, there's so much good insight there. But I know, as somebody who read through the book, I know that just in a few weeks after that moment in Joshua's life, God is going to do the miraculous through Joshua. God will eventually get the people through the promised land, and it's going to be amazing. And there's going to be battles, and when you read these battles, the battle of Jericho, the battle against all these things, and God would always show them that he was faithful, and God started to forge this man to be this great leader that God saw from that day. I know how it ends. I, I know what, what eventually happens. But what I think is interesting and what encourages me the most when I read this is that before Joshua and the people experienced any of this stuff, that God gave them a promise of what he would do. And out of that is what he asked Joshua to be. The reason why this encourages me the most is that my courage is not based on my own ability. Aren't you glad for that? But my courage is based on the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of his promise and the faithfulness of his word. Aren't you glad that we serve a God that is a God of his word? 
that is a God that could be faithful, God that could be trusted. Let's look here at verse three and four one more time. God was giving them a list of what he would do. Listen to the I will statements. When God says I will, man, that's powerful. And God gives them several I wills. He says, I will give you every place you set foot on as I promised Moses. And then he talks to them about this vast territory. And then he says, no one will stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. It's interesting that he says, he says, you will not be defeated, but he didn't say you will not go through a battle. We know that Joshua had to fight. We know that Joshua had to step out in faith. We knew that there were some challenges and some difficulties in Joshua's life, but God said that you will not be defeated. Some of us need to know that this morning. He says, I will stand with you. I will be with you, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is what I want you to see, is that out of what God says he will do, that's what he called Josh to be. In other words, God says, I will, and because of that, you can. I will, so you can. What if we were just more focused on who God wants us to be, what he wants us to be, instead of worrying so much and fretting over what we ought to do? Maybe God's saying, You've already, I've already done for you what you need. Will you just trust me? and be who you're called to be. And I think what's amazing is one of the greatest promises that we can hold on to because that's what's gonna get us through. That's what's gonna build up courage in us is holding on to the promises of God. And one of the greatest promises that God's ever given me is that he will never leave me nor forsake me. When was the last time you meditated on that? That no matter what happens through this world, in this world, no matter what happens in your life, no matter what gets handed to you, no matter what you have to walk through, he says, I will stick with you. You know, Jesus repeated this in the New Testament. Jesus told his disciples this. He says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, Hebrews 13, 5. Jesus, when he was talking to his disciples, and he says, this is a great commission. This is what, you, what you're going to do. This is how I'm going to use you. But he says this. He says, surely I'm always with you to the very end of the age. I mean, have you really got a hold of that and realize that he is with you, that there's nothing you could, you could ever do to keep God away. Some of us need to feel that because we get caught up in this religious doo-doo. Here's what I mean by that. I gotta do this, I gotta do that to make God happy and if, he's gonna make, and if I can make him happy, then maybe he'll keep his promises to me. God has already done everything that needed to be done to show you his love towards you. If he loved us at our worst, if he loved us while we were sinners, when we were turning away from him, when we want nothing to do with him, when we were walking away and he still chose us and loved us and gave his life for us, then how much more now when you're serving him, trusting him, he will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll always be there. He sticks closer to you than a brother. He's with you through the difficult times. He's the God that understands our times. He's the God who understands our fears. He's the God who understands trial and tribulation. Yet he says this, he says, but trust me, for I have overcome. Take heart, have courage. Here's the thing. There's a couple of things that God will never do for us. You know one of them is that he will never, he'll never have courage for us. Courage is something you have to do. Courage is something that you have to bring to the table. But he says, take courage, have courage, be strong. Be courageous, for I am with you, for I am with you. Courage takes discipline. It takes deep convictions. It takes doing what's right, even when it's hard. I want to ask you this morning, this is my last question for you. Do you remember the last time you were in a situation where you needed courage? 
Has that happened this year, this past year? What's the last time you were challenged this way? What was the last time that you needed courage to do something? If you can't think of anything, and if that hasn't happened in a while, then that tells you that maybe you're just a little too comfortable in your faith right now. Maybe that's where you need to start. Maybe, here's the thing. Anytime we want to change something in our lives, anytime we want to change direction, anytime we want to to, to step into something new, it takes courage. It's not going to be easy. Maybe that's where you start. Maybe that's going to be your spot this year to say, God, help me, help me. How's your character? How's your ethics? How's your integrity? Oftentimes we justify ourselves in areas that we need to be more courageous in because we don't want to make the change in those areas. God's challenging this year. This is a new year. This is a new start. So you know what you need. When you know what you need to be, you know what you need to do. Some of us feel lost. Some of us feel lost in our marriages. Some of us feel lost in our workplace. Some of you even feel lost here in church. Where do I fit? And, and you're trying so hard to figure out what that looks like because you think to yourself, man, if I could just figure this out, if I just know what to do, then this feeling will go away. When God's telling you, stop worrying about those things. I'll give you the guidance. I'll give you the steps. I'll give you all that you need. But right now, just focus on who you need to be right now. Focus on what I want to do through you. If you need to be strong, do you need to be courageous? Do you, what do you need? It's all going to take courage. We need to pursue who he wants us to be. And today, he wants us to be courageous. In this moment, he wants to have us to have courage going into this new year. Can we stand to our feet? If you're able to stand, just stand to your feet. I'm excited for this moment because I think that for some of us, this is a critical moment. This is a moment of decision. This is a moment of no turning back. This is a moment of saying, God, I'm declaring this morning. But before I declare, I gotta confess. And maybe there's some area in your life where you just need to confess to God and say, God, I'm sorry, God, I I need to change. God, I need to do something different. And I wanna allow you to have that moment right now. So if that's you, if you bow your head and close your eyes and you just go before God humbly and say, God, I need you. He knows exactly what that means. And that's one of the most powerful prayers you can pray. God, I need you. So that if you humbly come to him that way, he'll draw near to you. And you can feel the nearness of his presence right now. And right now, just confess whatever is on your heart. Confess whatever is struggling, whatever's gotten in the way. If you've been off focus, if you've been distracted, if you've been avoiding, I mean, whatever those things are, man, those things... You're not gonna bring that into this new year. This is the year of focus. This is the year of closeness. This is the year of seeking. This is the year of pursuit of more of you. God, I want your presence. I want what you want me to be. Help me to conquer my fear. Help me to conquer my insecurity. And now is a moment of prayer to just declare, God, I choose courage today. 
God, I choose courage in my marriage today. God, I, courage, I, I, I ask you, Lord, for courage in my addiction. I ask you for courage in the decisions I gotta make in the future. I ask for courage at the workplace. I ask for courage, Lord, as I step into whatever you're asking me to step into in this new year, God. We thank you for this opportunity to sync up with you. God, we thank you that you're the God that says you'll never leave us nor forsake us. We're not alone in this. You're gonna guide us. You're gonna strengthen us. You're gonna encourage us. And you're gonna guide us, Lord. So with that, I say thank you. We praise you, God. We love you. We thank you for this moment, God. Let us go into this new year with excitement, with anticipation of all the things that you have in store for us in this church. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here today. We want to invite you back on Wednesday. It's the January 1st, our first prayer meeting of the year. We're going to have prayer stations all around. We're going to have a night of worship and prayer. It's an hour long, so it won't be too much of your night. But I guarantee you will not regret it if you spend that time. And there is childcare, so that's awesome. So we love you guys. Have a wonderful week. God bless and Happy New Year. What is the meaning of a bird if it has no wings?